0: Hello, welcome to another weekly podcast on Azure Centric. And as we start the last few podcasts, I have to say thank you uh, to you that are listening, you are seeing the podcast uh, to our um, social media, because it's been tremendously uh, on the last um, podcasts or last episodes that we receive a lot of good uh, feedback a lot of traction from the community and before that uh, i'm i'm here and andrew as well humble to just thank you uh, on that on that support and again please uh, continuing supporting us by listening by saying what you like what you didn't like um and if you want to have other types of topics uh, we are creating these weekly these, these weekly news about Azure and all the enhances that Azure have from the previous podcast from last week. But we can create as other content as well uh, or other topics uh, that we are doing. We are improving uh, our way to deliver uh, the podcast and that's the way that I think it's benefit for all of us. We have a lot of fun doing these, right, Andrew?
1: Ah, absolutely, yes, and certainly. I just want to echo your thank yous. Uh, it's yeah. very humbling to see uh, such good traction in the community, and it's uh, it's also very exciting. Um, you know, to think so many people are uh, listening to the Azure Weekly uh, podcast with Azure Centric. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, but there was a lot of really good things, uh, kind of. Coming out this week, there was a lot of things we, oh had, to, God, yes. we had to trim the fat <laughs> this week. <laughs>
0: yes, we had a lot of things. Uh, we have to say that we're starting with, I think, 14 or 15 and say, mm-hmm. but, but that is going to be a very long podcast. Uh, <laughs> let's trim down and we, I think we have another 10, um, another 10 good things that we are going to talk and let's not waste any more time. And let's move to the first one. So as become kind of a uh, usual on this, we start with costs, uh, especially on we are close to Christmas uh, and costs now it's important <laughs> for Absolutely. everyone. Yeah. And... yeah, it's
1: the end of the annual budgets, but it's also the time where, uh, you know, we're stretching budgets to, to give and share with others, but uh, in our own Azure tenants, uh, we're seeing kind of this is month twelve if your company's running January through December, uh, and cost management is front of mind. But you're right, cost management is a regular for us yeah. on our on our little show here. <laughs> and uh, there was actually some really interesting updates. I know we we actually considered cutting this one because we do talk about it almost every week. Yeah. Um, but uh, let me try to be as brief as possible. <laughs> When talking about uh, Azure budgets and cost management. So uh, in here was exciting for me 21 languages now supported uh, in uh, budget alerts and why does that matter? Well, it matters because uh, you know we have to remember though we're very lucky here in North America there's really English uh, as a language primarily uh, that is not the case uh, especially in European and other eastern areas. so, uh, there's a lot of mixed languages and in one corporation, we could have you know, many dozens of languages that we're using. So uh, important that Azure supports those things, and Microsoft is working hard to add all those things. Yeah, uh, the absolutely. other one is that uh, resources and reservations. Um, again, continuing the theme from last week again, with the changes to blade displays in Azure, uh, has a new look, new ways to sort those little pills, Uh, for filtering up at the top. But in the uh, update article, uh, there was something kind of tucked away in there. There is a link to a survey to preview and provide survey feedback on those changes in the blades. So uh, in cost management, uh, there's a little bit of a, you can do a bit of a preview and uh, you can provide some feedback directly to the product team. Super, super critical. If you are a big user of budgets and cost management, please do take yeah. five minutes share your feedback with the team. Um, these improvements, also maybe a big note, all of the improvements in this week's one are noted in the article as being feedback-based changes. Yeah. So uh, the t- the product teams really do listen to us, and uh, it's a big part of our IT community is providing positive and uh, you know constructive. Feedback so that good changes can come out of uh, sharing opinions and and uh, and feedback with each other good stuff So that said uh, cost management labs um, That one's kind of cool. So if you're not using cost management labs uh, use it uh, When you want to see live features one week before they hit production So you can see new features in there before they hit your production environment with cost management cost management labs really fun actually uh, I use it myself um, cost optimization improvements. I'm not going to list them, but there's a big stack. Um, there's a whole bunch app service discounts are extended for dev tests to premium SKUs, and many, many more. Uh, really it's about how can cost management and budget uh, the reporting, the analytics, the AI Microsoft is applying in there. How can that help save us money in the real world? Well, yeah. uh, I like to talk about real-world usage of Azure. This is it right here. So this yeah. is how the AI tells us as regular people, hey, uh, I noticed that you're using this product. Did you know you could save money by clicking this little button and extending a license? So there's some pretty uh, powerful stuff in there, and it, it can is. amount to big uh, savings at scale.
0: At this at this part, what I like about that is, is I've been eaten a lot of times by by this especially when you have those big workloads running on Azure like SAP Ana and mm-hmm. and for for the first time uh, we are starting to see that they are using all the, the the, logic and AI um attached to these costs and attached to sap Ana. because sap anna we're talking about like ginormous VMs with 128 cpus i don't know how many terabytes of of uh, of memory so they are pretty costly and they need to be certified by by sap and that is the part that is really interesting is okay now that we're starting to see a footprint of virtual machines that they are available um or that they are certified by sap that you can run the cost analyzer will see what are you running? What is the performance of the VM? What is doing? And recommend you to say, Hey, if you're running this on a different subset of the virtual machine, you are okay. You, but you are saving a tons of money because those machines, exactly. they are multi thousand dollars per month, yep. um, like close to $10,000 per month in certain cases. Um, and if you can save that like couple of of even more than a couple of grand per month, it's a lot of money at the end of the year.
1: well, absolutely right so all all it takes is saving say two thousand dollars a month and that's twenty four oh, thousand dollars at year. the end
0: of the year
1: yeah exactly. Okay. so no matter what your currency is, that's a lot of that's a lot of simoleans, right <laughs> so uh you yeah I, yeah I, there's all kinds of phrases there, but I'm going to try and steer clear of that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> for so, sure.
1: uh, incremental backups in Azure backup for SAP HANA. Um, this is I think what kind of triggered yeah. uh, your thinking in this one. So that is one of the improvements and uh, a small one-line mention, but like you said, it can represent a very large cost saving, right? So uh, Completely. really important. Completely. So I see uh, I'm getting the wrap-up sign with the uh, <laughs>
0: Pakistan, the we have a big agenda
1: about uh, cost management again, Andrew. So uh, anyways, <laughs> I know uh, that
0: we are passionate about this. And, <laughs> and uh, it's it seems a little bit crazy that we are passionate to save money. Uh, yes, because we are on a different world and um, we want to optimize and to have the best experience for everyone, especially for our customers. That's why Absolutely. we are so passionate about this. But let's yeah, it, move on because we have a, a big, um, a big lineup uh, of of things, and this is one of our favorites. It's it's at least for me. I have to say, uh, it's one of my favorite features of Azure. Um, is the one that I've been working a lot, and this is coming. This is the thing that if you follow us, uh, and and again, thank you for following us, and you you already saw this, I think it was on a previous podcast, that we talk about the update on Azure Site Recovery, right? All yes. the new good features okay. that they are releasing, special with the enhancement of Linux and everything else. And here it is, my friends, Rollup 52 is exactly. yeah. being released. So this means that you need to go to Azure portal to update your uh, Azure Site Recovery. You need to update the agents. You need to update all of those things because there are a lots of tweaks that they did, a lot of enhancements that they did on a platform that will replicate across the entire footprint. Right, Andrew? Exactly,
1: yeah. So as you know, um, one of my first kind of ventures into Azure many years ago was Site Recovery. Yep. And...
0: I don't know why, I don't know who, who, who... We'll show you that.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Uh, There might have been some nice young fellow that was showing me some stuff in there. (laughs) So, but um, I find it very exciting. Um, And I've really been watching this product evolve over the last many years. And now it's this amazing large tool set. So uh, no longer is it just really for replicating, um, you know, chunks of data. Um, it's not moving just blocks. It's moving whole environments now. It's doing assessments. It's like there's so much rolled into this. It's such an exciting thing. So without getting into a big rabbit hole about how awesome <laughs> ASR is, <laughs> um, this big update builds on top, like you said, of the last couple of updates where they've really added way more support for uh, Linux and Unix um, UIs and everything. Uh, or operating systems rather, not user interfaces, sorry. Um, But really, this is the reflection of the major enhancements uh, that they've been building. So they fixed all of the download links and all of the linking uh, the pieces together. So yes, like you said, you need to push this update to all of your servers and then push it out to all of your clients. Very important to note that. Uh, because there's big, big updates, uh, uh, redirects, and URL fixes.
0: And I think it's good to just go a little bit behind what we're we talking about, uh, because a lot of times we update uh, through the portal, and we see the update, and it says, like, update now, but then we forgot to update the agents. And yeah. then we starting to see a lot of uh, issues on the replication a lot of those small things that might impact the whole experience so that's why i think it's to just reinforce uh when you update you should update on the same version for everything even from the server side even from the provider uh to the agent that you need to be on the same if you don't if you don't uh, update that's okay that functionality is not available but at least Make sure that your provider and agent they are on the same uh, same version because then it's going to be complicated. And again, this goes through Iperv to, to uh, VMware, goes to everything that you have it, so just push mm-hmm. it and you will see uh, and you will see this go moving forward.
1: Oh, exactly. yeah, there's some very large uh, updates in there. And, like you said, um, if you've been exposed in the world of uh, ASR for a long time, you'll be really familiar with getting things out of sync. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very easy to fall into that. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and could really, be different
0: reasons, right? Could be the agent. Well, absolutely. Could be the agent that they are totally, you update the provider by didn't update the agent. And now they, yeah. they are requesting something from the agent that is not there or he doesn't understand some, a lot of those things can happen, right? Uh, Exactly.
1: And and that's exactly. Okay. So yeah, as, as you know, I'm a big supporter of writing things down. I might be a little bit in love with one note and, uh, just uh, a little bit, just a little bit.
0: Okay. No, (laughs) I just, I just want uh, to, to, to get that point noticed because, uh, if you are just a little bit, then I don't like uh, 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 I don't like uh, uh, one note for sure, because <laughs> you when we are in the meetings I rely on your notes that they are oh my god really impeccable, I have to say.
1: It's true, and uh, you know to be honest, uh, as you know, we work a lot of things together, uh, and sometimes we're not always physically together, especially these days but uh one really does help to close those gaps so you know sharing meeting notes things like that it keeps your whole team up to date completely but with asr write down your procedure that you need to follow in your environments and uh just follow it you know keep it simple um and then you know if you're sick another administrator can step in and help you out and keep these agents and things up to date for you for sure so with that said Moving uh, to that, asr really awesome but there's something a little bit exciting about event hubs that's happening, I think, right?
0: <laughs> yes, this is one of the things that we love to talk about it is when reach the in preview mode, meaning that they already leave the development. they are on the stage that everyone can see it, everyone can play it, and it just shows that we are we can talk about it because usually in develop, I have access to some of those, but um, because of, of my MVP, but all the generic people doesn't have it. And when reach these in preview means that we can now be able to, to, to talk. And this is a very simple one. It's it's more like on the event up source. So if you are using event ups, now you have the possibility of adding more um data and be able to from the data that you are ingesting in this case uh get like almost automatically the table schema uh on mapping all definitions and everything else yeah. so it's pretty simple you define in this case the source and they are adding new features on this public preview on intelligent injections so basically what this does on a very simple way to explain, not to be very technical is even up looks at your data, try to grab what it is, the schema, uh, in this case, the table schema that you have and when is mm-hmm. injecting, of course that you can always change this, but at least gives you a kind of uh, a way that he sees these as your table scheme and mm-hmm. uh, it just helps to just not spend a lot of times. When you have different types of data and event hub is really good on that that you can have different types of injection of data um, to just proceed through the through the uh, to the event up as a source Um, and moving that forward you don't need to spend too much time saying this is this or this column refers to this this is the type so it makes more simple and faster. Of course, that you can always adjust if the table, a schema that event, uh, in this case, it's not seeing correctly, but at least give us a kind of a preview or a kind of more like a automated way to do it, this. Right. At least Absolutely. I like this. Yeah. I starting to play with this since they release it, they, they release in preview. It's not that I'm doing a lot of things on Event Hub, but I'm trying to improve a lot of things, or at least to to see um, uh, and to blog about it, and to get ready when I need to to know this. This is very exciting times in all of the all. It of
1: is, it. yeah. One of the things I really liked about it is using Azure Data Explorer. Uh, first of all, it is secure, um, and it's one of you know the many certified tool sets and features within. Uh, Azure platform in general. Um, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of offerings within Azure. So uh, this one is really cool because when you define the Event Hub as a data source, uh, in in the kind of the very brief article, they do say one click to kind of ingest the uh, the table and the mappings. So as we know, uh, table schemas are going to change over time. Uh, different versions of you know things change. Uh, business needs to adapt. So one-click adjustment to re-ingest after a big change in your environment, and now you're set. Completely. But what really jumped out at me was uh, where they say in here, uh, let's see, uh, the uh, event hubs, uh, the big big data streaming platform and event ingestion service that processes millions of events per second in near real time. Yeah. So, uh, that's pretty cool um, and it is actually really cool. I think, you know, we've both kind of poked at it in our own uh, test tenants and um, <laughs> it's, gosh, it's a lot of fun actually. It is. It's really cool. And,
0: and if you are used to IoT, this is one of the things that, that you are used that millions of events per second near real-time is one of the characteristics of the event up uh, um, and that's the part that I like um, I have my own um, uh, my own Azosphere kits sphere that I'm playing with with a lot of these I have uh, playing around because I love IOT and, and all the things and um, and play with my good friends of of George Meyer from crazy tech labs as well Learn, learning with them, um, a lot, and this is the part that I like about about this feature. So moving on, because we still have a long list to go, <laughs> and continuing on the preview ones. Um, mm. Now this is this is very cool for in my perspective. Okay, again, for two reasons. First is a new tool. Let's call this way. Okay, Azure Storage Blob Inventory. So yes. it goes, kind of what you're saying regarding the Azure Storage Explorer, or in this case it was the Data Explorer, but we have the Azure Storage Explorer that we have, that we always have. But this is inventory. So this is attaching policies, okay, into the Azure Storage. That is the part, the coolest part. The second coolest part is this is in preview. And if you are following us on, on, on if you are seeing the video on you, the YouTube channel, you seeing what I'm talking about and you almost seeing what I'm going to say. But if you are uh, listen to the podcast, then you have to wait a little bit, uh, a few seconds. No, OK, let's uh, let's talk about it is it's only releasing in Canada and France. Wow.
1: I we know. are on I the verge. Of Both these regions in Canada, Jeez. Uh, uh, that was very exciting for me as, yeah. a, as a Canadian professional um, and also France, I guess yeah. that's exciting too. It's, but Yeah, it's uh, about to say, we have,
0: because <laughs> we have the English Canadian, the French Canadian, France. Uh, exactly. But I was like, I was really surprised by only releasing this on Canada, right? And it's all Canada, both regions yep, of Canada. Both, yeah,
1: central and east central regions. Central yeah. and
0: east. And in this case, France. Uh, so no U.S., uh, nothing. So and that was really surprising. I don't know if we Canadians and, and French did push this because of all the policies that we are doing. I know that this is coming a lot of good things. And the part that I like about this is, and there are a few... Things again, this is in preview, okay? It's about policies, it's about the, uh, all, of, all of the things that you need to do it, but there yeah. are f- some caveats on this. So if you are familiar with Azure policies, right? Uh, you know that you can implement the entire policy or some part of it, what's called mm-hmm. the partial policy, because this is in preview and this is totally normal, okay? you can only implement the full policy. So partial policy, it's not available yet. Okay. Yeah, so because it's
1: in preview it's in status. Preview status.
0: Okay. So again, uh, and this is one of the reasons, again, we did forgot to mention on the previous uh, uh, news, on the previous uh, topic that we're talking about. This is preview. It's not set to production. I, I exactly. want to reinforce this one more time i think it's it's like the the cost management that we're doing every single episode we're talking about all of this preview it's not and and you can see because why right now on this particular one we cannot deploy the uh the partial um in this case policy we need to deploy Mm -hmm. the full policy so again
1: exactly yeah yeah. And then, uh, of course it does, uh, it does, once you have the policy enabled, uh, the inventory report is generated, uh, at, you know, once a day, yeah. uh, so it's a daily frequency and it just kind of happens. But, uh, again, with your kind of emphasis on preview, I did want to add that, uh, in the, in the release they uh, they did tell us there's no charges to use these reports in the preview period. Yeah.
0: But as please usual.
1: pay attention. As usual. In the preview period, there's no charges. When it goes to production and you roll it out, this is creating data. It's creating reports. It's pulling. It's processing. Yeah. There will be charges for that in production. So uh, just be aware. Uh, preview some, you know, uh, caveats in there. But when it goes to production, uh, it's life as usual. Uh, you can have all of your options and you can have all of your charges. <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> Completely. Moving on to the next one. And I think this is the most uh, technical update that we will have over here that we need to go a little bit more technical. It's about the Azure batch vCPU coded check. Um, this is more like, uh, 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 in my perspective again, and uh, I want to hear from you, uh, Andrew is, This is more like um, a thing that um, I saw happening uh, really during Azure batch, that you have different types of quotas to explain a little bit more what we're gonna talk about it. We have different types of quotas on our subscriptions, okay? Mm -hmm. So we have what's called VM quotas, and we we have CPU quotas. Uh, By default, depending on the subscription of course but generic subscriptions they have about 20 cpus quota um, that what's called the soft quotas okay the soft limits then you have the hard limits so if you reach that and if you're going on those cpus um what it means is you're starting to get errors that you reach the quota so by sending uh, a support request uh, to to in this case to azure they will increase the quota that you want uh this is just a matter of to safeguard you from not doing anything wrong and starting to get huge bills first of all i see that that
1: 20 cpus that's one thing but if you roll out twenty thousand cpus Uh, that's going to get expensive very fast
0: and if you're doing infrastructure as a code you say but who is the who is doing that or even 200 it's just another zero that in thousands of lines of code, you can easily bypass that if you don't have a really meticulous way to do it, right?
1: It just takes one logic error in your scripting and you're in trouble and it's going to cost you. So
0: (laughs) this announcement that they are doing is doesn't affect anything that you already have. Uh, This comes in December um, of 2020. This only will enforce what it is the second quota that was the VM quotas, okay? Uh, because you have the VM series quotas and then we have the vCPU quotas and you have everything else. So this doesn't affect anything. It's just going to enforce those quotas because yeah, and they
1: were they were specific. It does say uh, in addition to the batch account yeah. total dedicated vCPU quota that the that is currently checked within that policy yes. that they run right. Yeah so it's it's separate
0: because i see this happen one time only I have, I have to say it's not like every single time it was like they have these quotas of vcpus that we were that we enabled in this case through the azure support but then the vm series quotas that you implement were not getting there um, and this is basically it's it's i apologize microsoft and azure but this is more like for me it's more like a um it was a it's not a bug. We don't like to use that one, but it's more like a feature An not in idea.
1: It wasn't applied in the way that we thought it would exactly. be exactly.
0: And now they are correcting that part. That's good exactly. to know. Um that's good to know. It's good to to everyone knows. Um and that's why we I, I want to bring that up. And that's and I apologize in advance in the beginning saying this wanna be a little bit more technical uh, and, and to moving that,
1: right? Well, it's going to be more detailed, right? So, yeah. uh, I do want to just point out the one thing that they say quite specifically in the update, uh, that any VM series used in recent months will have its VM series vCPU quota updated to match the total account vCPU quota. So, that, uh, that if you're using batch processing heavily, that could impact you yeah. because it is now going to tie properly to your account VCPU quota. Yeah. So this change will not enable the use of more capacity. Uh, it just means that it's going to be calculated uh, more accurately for your account VCPU total. So if you find you're hitting limits, uh, you know, please engage Azure support because uh, you can prevent this from causing limitations or uh, challenges in your production environment as they roll this out.
0: Yeah, yeah, completely. completely. So moving so, on to the next one, Azure Security Center. And mm-hmm. oh my God, when I saw this coming, I was really, really happy. First of all, oh, yeah. it's uh, an announcement with a lot of announcements inside. That's, that's cool. It's what's called the Nested Announcement.
1: <laughs> nested Announcement. I love it.
0: Next <laughs> Announcement. you like that? What is this? I think it's, it's Geek. But it's... Yeah. So, they they announced these, that news and updates regarding November. So, this this is the last month. This is all the things that happened on Azure Security Center from the last month of November. Um, and... A lot of things that they are over here that they are saying is, first of all, they have all of these 29 recommendations added, okay? Mm -hmm. To Azure Security Benchmark. So Azure Security Benchmark is one of the tools that every time I use, or every time I'm, I'm creating something on Azure, I use that. Because those are the benchmark, those are the ways that I can evaluate and the score and everything that they are saying that I see if if it's kind of a guidelines for me,
1: Uh, right? It it is. But be careful, those 29 uh, that were added under uh, the November update, they do say that they're in preview. Mm -hmm. So uh that's important to note. Um we won't see those in production right away. Yeah. But 29 more recommendations, that's I mean that's just fantastic, yeah. right? Yeah. It is. So the other thing that was really cool is uh and I'm going to have to read out the the actual name of uh the the compliance quote here, but uh, the NIST SP 800-171 R2 has been added for regulatory compliance dashboard. Yeah. Uh, the translation, I think, to uh, normal English is uh, another NIST security requirement. <laughs> so uh, these ones are really tough to attain. Uh, they're hard to actually achieve yeah. in our environments. And it's, but, it's uh, not
0: only that; it shows that if you yes. if you are because this is not the only regulatory compliance. Um, oh gosh! No, there's many. There's right? many, uh, and then, and Azure Security Center. Um, if you are, for example, on a healthcare and you need to go, if you are on healthcare business, um, the person that is listen, in this case, uh, the, our subscriber listen, and you're going to the HIPAA uh, uh, heat trust, you see everything that HIPAA requires and mm-hmm. how your environment is going against those compliances or against those, those things that you need to be compliant with. And this yeah, is the part exactly. that I love because, um, there is on the, on the dashboard, uh, you can see how many did you pass against those and you need to work on those. And there are a lot of benchmarks that you need to do it. So Azure security center, it's, it's became one number one that I'm always having at my, at my dashboard because something changed a new fixture come. And you probably uh, didn't know about it, and you are out of compliance, like
1: in a minute. Exactly. So I want I want to talk for a second about um, just Compliance Center in general. Um, I've been using it for a long time in uh, both Azure and 365. You know, Security Center and then Compliance Center as it's evolved and broken out, and. Uh, I have to say, when doing an assessment with a client, it is one of the most powerful tools to show what data is in and out of compliance. It's definitive. Uh, This again comes back to my deep love of stoplight grade systems for uh, my customers. Uh, Red is bad and green is good. Yeah. It makes it easy. Uh, it's something that they can kind of push up the chain quickly and say, hey, you know what? We are out of compliance. This, uh, that's a lot of red in that spreadsheet. We better we better get things moving here. Completely. Right, Completely. so, it, uh, and that's one of the things that I do love about Compliance Center is it visualizes the compliance, which can, you know, as we were saying, it can be very complex. There's a lot of rules. HIPAA itself, very complex. The new NIST requirements. Very complex as well, but when you start to mesh them together in an environment, especially um, you know in Azure with so many different services and offerings that customers can use, uh, it can be hard. Especially if you don't have a dedicated desk of security experts like on it twenty four seven. You know the rest of us are left here trying to keep a business compliant. Yeah, and it's important because it secures things like healthcare data and. Uh, confidential data, things like that, sensitive data internally with the company as well,
0: and it and is about is is more about the processes as well, because a lot of those compliances, it's not talking about technology only, about the data only, it's talking about a little bit more about the the, the complexity of having, um, of having um, in this case everything. Um, connected right everything the process for example of accesses uh, uh, of course that those process will became some kind of configuration on your environment totally understand that part and totally get but it starts on the process so usually you have people that they are that they are they know inside out all of those compliances processes we exactly. as as an IT as an IT architect and IT engineers, right? That we have to comply with those processes. It's what we need to do, and this is where Azure uh, Azure Security Center will help us because they already have all of those person. Let's go this way, right over there. And basically, what we need to do is um, comply with those rules. Because those are the It presents
1: it in a way that we can understand as what I think of as a regular IT professional, right? Yeah. So we're not a specialist when it comes to HIPAA, for example. But they use those like a HIPAA expert to build that and uh, make sure that it applies correctly in all of their data sets across Azure. And they, you know, Microsoft has a team that does You know, much, much work, like a lot of work to do those things, right, as we know. But um, yeah, we get to consume it as kind of regular IT people and it makes it visual and it makes it a bit easier. Less hard, less hard is good. So the other thing on that that I just want to mention is uh, also in preview, is continuous export from compliance dashboard. Uh, Why is that important? Because now you can move it into one of your own on-premises dashboards uh, to start monitoring compliance. What? Yes, I know. I love my dashboards, but, uh, (laughs) it's, it's important because it helps us to gain more visibility and more regular visibility. So, uh, now with better visibility, continuous export, we can start building things like monitoring and alerts out of that as well so now we can uh potentially uh, and i may poke at this but we we may be able to build something that can actually give us uh an email alert or a dashboard alert when we fall out of compliance beyond a certain percentage yeah. or something like that right
0: another one that i like and this is helping uh that is the recommendation if you are using azure security center right you know that they have a lot of recommendations especially if you are if you are building net new your environment, you have a lot of recommendations. We have Mm -hmm. what's called the scorecards, right? Uh, Or the score inside of that. And usually I found difficult to say, okay, what is all the things that I need to do that Azure Security Center recommends to me? And now with the filters, all of the things that that we announce, not announce, that we talk about here on the podcast regarding the filtering, right the part of the having those filterings on azure portal now becomes available on azure security center as well so it's not only the portal i know that this is inside of the portal but now becomes way more simple to filter by the recommendation list that we want okay and this is a very good thing about that as well the other one is it's just a little tweaks that i found that is the system update should be installed on your machines. Now they have included as a sub recommendations. And the last Mm -hmm. one that they are talking that they have um, updated for uh, the last month was the policy management update in the Azure portal that now shows the status of the default policies assignments. Um, Those are the things that Azure Security Center, almost like a podcast only for Azure Security Center, that they did it. So probably we need to do a podcast for this, uh, dedicated <laughs> only for security. That's a very good idea.
1: Uh, I said it's not a bad idea at all. It's a very deep topic. Oh my and, God, yes. Uh, yes, yeah, we should probably separate that one. Completely. So with that said, uh, what's up after our uh, our little uh, security update here? Uh, after that, we have Azure Monitor
0: for Azure, Windows Azure. Virtual Desktop in public preview. So-
1: How friggin' exciting is this? Oh, my God. So we've been waiting for this since uh, virtual desktop kind of started rolling out, um, (laughs) to be honest. Yes. Um, And certainly uh, for the last uh, two or three quarters, um, I've been just waiting for this. Um, Really exciting for me because now uh, we're going to be able to see... The utilization of resources yes. within sessions within the WVD environment yes and uh, really you know it, it's about when we can see utilization we can now apply cost management to it uh, big tie back here so WVD not cheap right um,
0: it's it's oh, not cheap and the thing is on the this pandemic right if we if we understand how the WVD grow, uh, since they release, they had, this is, we are on the version two of WVD, right? So way Mm -hmm. better than used to be on the version one Of course, that's why they, they did the version two (laughs) kind of (laughs) redundant, but, but yeah, um, but since the pandemic started, we see a lot of organization. I see a lot of organization pushing VDI into the Azure with WVD. And they were missing this part. It's like, okay, we don't know if we can grow up or you can scale up or scale out because of that. We don't know if we're doing, if we're starting the sessions in one server or if we're doing starting the sessions in multiple servers and starting to add those sessions again on those those lists again. So um, we didn't know about that uh it was like more like a guessing and it was like a more like way more difficult to see it this it's oh my god is like you said one of the fixtures that we were waiting a long time again oh, yes. this is in preview i don't want it to is. reinforce once again i don't want to be kind of the guy that is oh this guy is so so repetitive
1: but You've if, got these rules, Marcos. I mean, come on, man.
0: But Loosen if, up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But again, the good thing about this is now we have more insight about our WVD and about yes, the bulls, exactly. about our being using, about all of those things, right? So, yeah, a very exciting moment for us. So, please, going to check it out that. Moving forward with news is... Again, Microsoft is getting on the magic quadrant of the Gartner 2020. In this case, for Cloud DBMS platforms, So Cloud uh, uh, databases, Microsoft databases
1: and database management system platforms. Exactly. So, you know, here we see once again, Microsoft nailing dead center in the leading quadrant with Gartner. I mean, these just keep coming out and Microsoft is really leading. And we can see that, uh, you know, Microsoft is really putting a lot of work into uh, staying at the forefront of this, right? Yeah. So uh, in the article, um, Gartner talks about how Microsoft Azure, specifically DBMS, is uh, they have a strong data ecosystem with SQL Server and Azure has moved well into big data services Like Azure Synapse Analytics, and it's combining the best of storage and analytics worlds. So, uh, you know, we have all of these things—very popular services, data lake. You know, we talked about Azure Data Explorer, uh, Event Hubs. All of these little components, little, uh, all of these components (laughs) coming together, um, really is what makes up parts of this decision. Uh, but it's not only the fact that they uh, they are there, that they run really well. Uh, it's that they can scale too, and that they're well supported. So Azure support, um, I don't know how Microsoft scales their support team. That's maybe a topic to to talk about another day. But boy, uh, you know, you email uh, or even phone to Azure support, and you they do a really good job. You get the right person at the right time, and yeah. they really help you. Um I just wanted to kind of mention that. I know it's not necessarily related, but um, I think it's part of the full ecosystem. And when I see the word ecosystem, I always think of like the whole thing, right? Yeah. So uh, this is really a big reflection of how more and more companies are using Azure as well for their big data. Um, a lot of the bigger uh, services that Azure is pushing forward is also helping them to stay as a leader in this quadrant, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: And, and 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 the article mentioned that the twenty five years of the SQL server and the adoption of the SQL as as one is 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 really leveraging, and we're starting to see Microsoft with the big players of database management, like a w s like Oracle that basically born only with dedicated database and is one of the the biggest database players sap with sap ana as well Uh, it's more like for them ibm and and all of those clouds uh that we starting to see leveraging aws is leading on on all of this uh, at least on the part to execute and and regarding vision as well um microsoft is really tight with all of those big players and it's it's like you said um it's the way that they are seeing all of these since a database all the services all the past services all the SaaS services that they are doing the big data all of those announcements and even that if you if you were um following the announcements that for example uh Nadella did uh this week um re- regarding the data and analysis um, event uh it was enlightening to this we know that this is a very topic that satya is is passionate about this data uh, analysis big data uh, uh ai machine learning uh, it's one of the things that um we saw microsoft growing tremendously especially with this new leadership of, of Satya Nadella. Um, mm-hmm. And we're starting to see this on, on Magic Quadrant. If you follow uh, all of this technology, you see that Microsoft is really pushing forward. It's, it's not more on those uh, uh, kind of a catch-up game. It's leading. Um,
1: it's yeah, it's with the big right?
0: players leading technology and leading the innovation and leading everything
1: right. Yeah and we're we're talking about Azure but uh, I agree a little bit of a, a mention here definitely AWS services probably uh, Lambda and things like that leading in that area and you know multi-cloud is a real thing and it's important for many uh, companies and organizations right. Yeah. So uh, you know Azure right in there with uh, AWS and uh, you know all those leaders in that market, uh, you can really see a big market focus on big data and analytics.
0: And I, right? I think that is a very good segue for the next one that we want to bring it up, uh, that is shape your future with data and analytics. Um, this is from the Julie White, that mm-hmm. is the corporate vice president for Microsoft Azure. So talking about this is what we've been talking about so far regarding the magic quadrant, right? And this exactly. is, this is like the 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 person that is responsible for Azure inside of Microsoft, um, mm-hmm. that directly reports to Satya, um, and she's saying exactly the same thing uh, that we are doing on this on this blog post on Azure blog, right? Uh, saying mm-hmm. that um, they are achieving that the core of this is what we've been talking about with Azure Synapses Analysis. It was a tool that they were, that they created to just leverage the lack of of tools that they were doing uh, in all of that, the limitless analytic service that they are bringing together. And it's a very nice um, way that they are, that she's writing to just kind of give us the vision of that. It, it's, it was a really good setup that they released the Magic Quadrant. They released this on the same day that Satya was doing the event um, mm-hmm. and give us a little bit of more comfort on how Microsoft is, is, is going forward with this uh, uh, DBM, DBMS, the Database Management System that they have Great. regarding yeah. Azure and what is coming in the future.
1: Exactly. so uh, Julia's article, uh, she's talking about uh, getting rid of uh, knowledge silos, um something you and I have been you know fighting in the industry for what, like ten years or something yeah. now. And uh, you know, she talks about using a comprehensive data governance strategy, and that's very important. So, uh, one of the the products that they talk about and it's a bit of a tongue twister for me so you'll have to bear with me uh, in in preview is Azure purview <laughs> so, <laughs> so Azure purview in preview they, uh, you, in preview purview preview I know right so uh, it's a unified data governance service that helps with complete understanding of data so uh, you know, you talk about having big data in the organization, this is big data, uh, kind of the governance layer that runs on top of your big data, right? So Purview can help you uh, track uh, all of your data across the organization, gives you the lineage of the data so you can track, you know, where it came from and where it's it's lived throughout its lifetime, right? Yeah. Uh, Then you can create the business glossary of wherever it's stored. So whether that's on-premises, multi-cloud, SaaS applications, and Power BI. Yep. Um, and one of the cool things, uh, I don't want to dominate this topic, so just jump in if you want, but uh, it does use over 100 AI data classifiers to help understand data exposures, and it looks for sensitive data, personal, uh, personally identifiable information, the PII, and uh, it helps to pinpoint data that's out of compliance. So okay. again, Uh, a big focus on, yes, you have big data. How do you manage it? How do you know when you're following the rules? Uh, Because we're talking about petabytes of data here. We're not talking about a couple gigs. We're talking about petabytes of data. And, uh, you know, uh, Purview can really help you, you know, especially as IoT has this exponential growth. Um, You know, you talk about Ah, uh, building out analytics on everything using Synapse and Data Explorer, all these really cool service offerings from Azure to help you manage and get knowledge and power out of your data while you also have to keep your data in compliance. And yeah. that can be difficult. So I think uh, to close out my my big uh, kind of excitement <laughs> on <laughs> on data governance and management is um, uh, the purview tool, is integrated with Microsoft Information Protection. And I thought it was really awesome. Uh, She talks about how you can use the sensitivity labels in 365 Compliance Center to help apply the AI, uh, like the different triggers to analyze your data. And I thought that was actually really cool. So again, um, as you know, my, uh, my head in the clouds is a Microsoft cloud. And it's kind of living between 365 and Azure. And uh, I do a lot of identity stuff this last few quarters. Um, it's just where we're at in the world with the whole pandemic and everything. Identity, security, and management really important. And uh, you know I'm, I'm honored that I get to, to help a few customers with that. But um, managing data and applying all of these uh, AI rules to it so that we know more and the thing I love about AI is it's impartial. Uh, it's not up to me. Uh, you know, I'm just a, a soft, squishy human. And I ha- <laughs> maybe more squishy than I'd like. But... <laughs> That's this is against the PII. Topic. This is
0: too much information that we don't need to know. <laughs>
1: Well, where I was going was the AI uh, doesn't weigh in with all of these other things that the human brain automatically includes in our decision making, right? Yeah. So the AI removes the emotional components and the historical components and applies a rule with a true false value.
0: Exactly.
1: So uh, it gives us an impartial uh, way to measure and an accurate way to measure uh, if data is in compliance with a rule or not. And, uh, you know. Nonetheless, so Synapse and Purview working together, in preview, <laughs> <laughs> to empower organizations to invent with purpose and understand data at a deep and useful level. Okay. So, with all of that said, yes, we are actually really excited about this one. Yes. Uh, because uh, it it's a big it's a big deal, right?
0: It is, and it, and and it just shows what they are going. And that's why they are one of the leaders on the magic quadrants. Okay, absolutely. Moving on to the next one. And this is really cool, uh, especially for IoT and mm-hmm. and and IoT world and for the infrastructure as well. The IoT uh, private link. Now it's um, became available uh, as a general availability. And this is again um, to not being repetitive again, but Basically, the private links. Now it works is um, even if you have, uh, for example, the the servicebus.windows.net. That is a, a, a DNS uh, outside. When you achieving that, you're going to the inside of your network. You are not going to the outside. So the data, exactly. the data transfer or the data transport is secure because it goes inside of your. Um, vpn uh uh, whatever it is uh, that you are only available inside of your azure so only if you're reaching from your connection private connection that you will do it but one of the things that i like about this it says that and it's specifically saying that existing private links are not updated means that if you are using this private link that was in preview until they make general available, they are, you need to redeploy it.
1: Yep. So, and, and what is that a function of, Marcos? is this have something to do with features being in preview? Uh, probably.
0: It's something that we already <laughs> repeat like only on this podcast, like what, four times?
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's it's important that yeah. uh, I th- I think a lot of our listeners, if uh, if they've been kind of following us for a while on our various endeavors, um, they understand uh, because we we really do kind of talk about this often. But uh, newer listeners may not be aware. So there's all these little intricacies, and that is part. Uh, I think it's cool yeah, it uh, to be honest because. Um, for me, it's something I kind of learned maybe from you a bit is, uh, you know, this is one of those things, there's some depth to it, right? So it is. uh, one feature is not the same as another feature. And when we move from uh, preview to production, it's a different set of virtual features and infrastructure and the manifestation of the code, right? Yeah. So, uh, it has different SIDs in the back end, different ways of managing it. And when uh, the Azure teams are moving from preview to production, uh, it's not always just a straight cut. So, uh, you know, long ago they did uh, make it clear kind of if you read the rules with using preview. Um, yes, I know somebody actually has to read through that little uh, uh, user agreement. When <laughs> you just click yeah. on Yeah, sure. let me play with the fun thing. Um, it does actually say, hey, these features aren't going to carry forward. You're going to have to uh, nuke it. this and yeah. redeploy it in your production environment. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I know lengthy, but important to note. So there's different facets Perfect. of it, right? So moving forward to the
0: last, but not the least. Okay, we have this Azure IRAP that is assessed for seven additional service granted to a level of protected. So, first question: I use this big word IRAP. So, what is
1: <laughs> Azure IRAP, Andrew? So exactly. So uh, <laughs> we we figured if we have to look it up, chances are you Good. may as well, as a listener or whatever, exactly. So. <laughs> So, uh, IRAP is Information Security Registered Assessor Program. Okay. Uh, yep, I think it sounds way better as IRAP. Exactly. So, <laughs> so really what it is, is it's uh, it's an assessment program that looks at different components. And of course, there's lots, but uh, IRAP is one of the kind of rule sets or frameworks used to help with security assessments. Yeah. So, um, I referenced a Microsoft Docs article from uh, kind of fall of 20, I think it was October of 2019. And uh, at that time, they talked about approaching 200 um, uh, Azure offerings that were assessed yeah. using IRAP. Uh, I could not find uh, pre-publication uh, of our article, I couldn't find uh, an update on that for fall of 2020. but. Um, I thought it was actually really cool it is. because it's another it's another way that Azure and Microsoft is using to assess security, and that's important because uh, you know part it's part of the certifications for products and services for the Microsoft Service Trust Portal. Exactly. And, and this all and, ties into those security assessments and rankings, right?
0: Yeah, and I think it's important to just mention one thing. Going back probably one step, I know that we are reaching. Um, the end of the podcast to just talk about this, but this is really important because um, this is the way that, for example, on this on this announcement, they say that they made these seven new services granted mm-hmm. as a level of protect. So means that in this case, that was built for the Australian government information security manual. So they built all of these um, seven services that now it's protected. So means that they are going against all of those um, certifications that IRAP uh, is doing, right? All of these uh, security manual that they are assessed, that they are compliance with this. So it's more service that we are secure that all of the requirements regarding that they have, for example, uh, that they have regarding the security and all of that, they are compliant. So we have seven more. In this case, we're talking about the Azure Advanced Threat Protection, yeah, Azure Bastion. True. And we had the podcast only talking about this Azure Bastion. It's one of the things that I'm using a lot of times. Uh, Azure Data Explorer. We already talk about this on this podcast. Yeah, and now
1: we know it's IRAP certified.
0: Exactly, and NetApp files, uh, yeah. Azure Sentinel comes to the Azure Security, the same, uh, the same technology, uh, mm-hmm. Data Factory, and
1: WVD. Look at this Windows Virtual Desktop. How about that? It is uh, IRAP security certified, and that's actually really. Uh, you know, I just want to kind of beat that one for a minute. Um, Uh, So virtual desktop, really important technology, especially during these uh, difficult times. And uh, one of the things that I noticed for the last maybe three years, organizations have done this weird thing in some cases where they're putting their virtualization of desktops on-prem, but they're putting a lot of data in cloud. Why? Why? People, please have uh, have a have an one or more architects come in and get more than one opinion. That's always a really good thing, and uh, you know, just sort out uh, things about data access and localizing things. You know, I'm sure there's many cases where you know, a it may be required for different rules, but uh, b. Um, maybe they have something, uh, you know, on-prem data requirements uh, that they use in a critical yeah. way, so they need their virtualization on-prem to match it. There's lots of different scenarios out there, yeah. but uh, I'm not a big fan of the trend. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so, and and so. what I like about this especially is, this is coming from, as, as we mentioned, from the Australian government. But yes. because of that, now that that protected service is available to everyone because it's a global service that is protected to everyone it's not only this is not certified only for the australian government the australian government request this azure went in this case of microsoft went to see how how they were um using or if they could using those service but for example the canadian government could could see this and could be using this service because now they are IRAP protected, Uh, or they are all right, IRAP, it's a very big word, IRAP assessed, and Mm -hmm. now it's they have the stamp that is protected, and they can use it as a government entity, Uh, probably on their Azure government, that they are totally separated from the other ones, but Mm -hmm. they can still use that, because that's a good thing. And that's the part that I like about Azure, is leading on that part, right? If you seeing the, yeah. the trust portal, right? Yeah. You seeing the certification that you have, it's insane. Uh oh, it,
1: it is. There's so many certifications in there. And uh I you know it is it's important. So we talk about a lot of things very frequently, and certainly security is in the top five. Uh it's absolutely one of the things that is just it has to be native to your design, to your architecture, but also just the way you're thinking about uh, using or consuming products and services. Okay. So as IT professionals, we do have a responsibility to not only our customers, but also the community to uh, just think about security. And you know, if we can make one minor improvement and make things a bit more secure, a bit better, then absolutely take the five minutes and check the box and save those settings and do it. Um, it it's worth it. It yes. helps overall, right? So yeah.
0: So we came to end of our podcast. Unfortunately, we made it. We made it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we made it. All of this. It's I think it's one of the longest, uh, but that's okay. I think a lot of good information it is. So I want to thank you, Andrew, once again for being part uh, of this. Um, podcast um, I'm really enjoying it and it starts to be our highlight of the weekend at least uh, when we recording this we are excited to just say "Whoa, well, what are you going to talk about it and everything else and thanks of course you, our subscriber that they are viewing mm-hmm. this podcast or listen this podcast on the different platforms um, we are growing and that's thanks to you in this case absolutely Um, So, again, um, help us out to just grow even and reach even more people. Um, Just subscribe to our channels, even if you are listening to our podcast or viewing through the YouTube channel. Um, Just uh, subscribe, just give a thumbs up or thumbs down if you don't like it. So please be true. We want to to see how we
1: can improve, right? right? Yeah, and I I would say maybe, uh, you know, go ahead, be honest, thumbs up or thumbs down. uh, But leave us a comment, uh, you know, or, uh, you know, hit our website or LinkedIn or something and send us a message. And uh, let us know what we can do to improve what you'd like to see more of or less of. And, uh, you know, we take all of the feedback to heart. We do listen. And we're here because of you. And if you made it this far in the podcast, kudos. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you so much. Uh, Once again, and see you next week.
0: Bye.